Welcome back to House Lights. This is your host, Liz Noss, and this is the final week of House Lights, so I couldn't think of a better way to bring my culture editor and one of my best friends, Miranda Dunlap, onto the podcast to wrap up the semester. It's so great to be back. I think we did this once before, but yes. I don't know if I ever seen no, the internet. That's why I'm saying it's your final time because here I we, am. It was it didn't it didn't come out. So well, here you are. It's okay. We would have broke the internet that day, it's so true. it was so for the better. It might as well be at the end of the year that we break the internet, exactly. especially since Twitter's already going down. But that's fine. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna do our best of 2022 since it's the last for the year, and so we're gonna start out with our best 2022 Twitter tea or pop culture moments. And since Miranda is my guest, I'm gonna put her on the spot first, as that is only polite. So yeah, Miranda, what were some of your favorite things? Yeah. As far as Twitter tea goes and kind of pop culture moments, I think one of my favorite things that came out of the last few months was, um, number one, Julia Fox just becoming an absolute icon. I love her so much. It's so funny because I I think I love it because it started out as everyone kind of just crapping on her because they didn't understand what she was doing. Everybody was just like, she's so weird. Why is she doing her makeup like that? Why is she wearing that? Why, what is, what was it? The uncut gems. Uncut gems. Yeah. Everyone's like, she's an idiot. Um, But I have followed her now on, you know, TikTok. And I've seen some videos of her where she's talking about various topics. And she is maybe one of the funniest people I have ever yes i've ever heard she is so camp did you see her z-way interview yes she is so camp when she what was it when they asked like do you think men should have rights or something like that yeah and she was like no No. she (laughs) thinks that white people should get scammed more yeah and i just i yeah no people didn't understand honestly i didn't understand i didn't and you know what i'm guilty i was like what that video of her saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, like she's so silly. I just kind of like wrote her off a little bit. But now, now that I've, you know, watched her a little bit more, I, yeah. I see that she is maybe just kind of a mastermind. Like she's in all of our heads now. She has mm-hmm. gained this traction and this popularity. She, she got the job done and now she can just be hot and be funny. Absolutely. Did you see <laughs> her thing in the Z Way interview where she was like, yeah, no, I only dated Kanye to distract. Him from dating, from like being obsessed with him. She said, "I can save him, or I can, I can save, fix him. I can fix him." Yes, yeah. it was it, that was it was amazing. I love that video because I, I you know, it. in the in the past, I was like, "Oh well, she dated Kanye, so that kind of like brings her down level." But for but this, I don't know how that, true it is. I don't know either. Um, but honestly, I love the idea that she would even come up with that. I because again, I mastermind. She is the master. I think like ten years down the line, this is all going to be a part of some grand scheme from Julia Fox because she. I, I think we're we're underestimating her. Yeah. She like <laughs> shoplifted from like I think Blooming Bloomingdale's and then she got a like a brand deal with them like five <laughs> years later. And I think that that is the funniest thing. I think my second best Twitter tea of the last few months was Leah Michelle not being able to read. There's just at this point there's too much oh, too too much proof to even be able to say that maybe she can read. Yeah. There's no way that she can read. And if and if she can, she's doing a god-awful job of defending herself. It's true. She can read like the way that I can write. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> no. She definitely is reading phonetically if she can read. 
Okay, that makes sense. But I just think it's funny that all those videos ended up surfacing of her, tra- of her like, reading a book then. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're like, this is the proof. And then everyone's like, no, fake video. Like, f- absolute fake video. This is not true. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, like, in Funny Girl, there's this line where Annie Bryce says, I haven't been reading my books like I'm supposed to. And the opening night of that when Leah started as Fanny Bryce, the entire crowd laughed mm-hmm. at that line because they were like, uh, Leah Michelle can't read. She can't. She can't. You cannot convince me otherwise. That woman and like, cannot her, her read. her signature, her signature is so bad. She cannot read. It's, <laughs> there's so, we don't even have enough time to get into it. So I, if you have not, you know, followed this, I urge you to look up a YouTube compilation proof why Leah Michelle cannot read because I am I'm invested and I don't think she can. One more thing, I'm so sorry, but when they were re-recording Spring Awakening, she was the only one without sheet music on her stand. <laughs> or when she was like signing the books upside down and stuff oh like my that. God. Yeah, she didn't know. She didn't know. She and then my I think. I wouldn't say this was the best moment on Twitter. I would say it was one of the most prominent moments that came to mind, and that was when Queen Elizabeth passed away. Um, It was definitely a day to be on Twitter. Yeah, it was a day. The the memes were just ruthless. It's true. They they did not hold back. And also, I, I, I picked that because of... The energy in the newsroom that day. I found Penis. out that Agreedance, even. I found out that Queen Elizabeth died. I was in my um, sex, gender, and sexuality class, and I was like, you know, having a really great discussion <laughs> about sexuality, and my phone in my pocket is just going crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? What kind of breaking news happened? And I look down, it's just like five thousand messages in the Slack about Queen Elizabeth dying. Yeah. I was actually in the newsroom when Queen Elizabeth died, and then I did. She was. She. Where were you when I, Queen Elizabeth died? That's what we want to know. Was, I was in the newsroom, and then I wrote the Queen Elizabeth reaction piece, and I did Billy on the Street style interviews, which and everybody it was, was good like, content. "Oh, you're telling me now for the first time." It was. It was content to to be sure. Standing at the Starbucks on Grand River, trying to tell people that, like, an international icon is passed Do you away. have a moment? <laughs> Do you have a moment to talk about the dead queen? Anyways, <clears throat> yes. So my picks start with, and I, by the way, I realized when I was writing this out that I've literally, like, written an article about all of these. <laughs> so I feel like it's pretty fitting for me. <laughs> the first one is Chris Rock, Will Smith's slap at the Oscars. Probably one of the most iconic moments that I, like, constantly question if it was a publicity stunt or not. I still don't know, and but I kind of want to know. Um, but it, it was, like, one of the most A-list beefs I've ever seen. Like, created the best memes, one of the most memorable moments in live television. Do you think it's a publicity stunt? I ask this to, like, every single person I, like, actually come in contact with. I, you know did not really get into this one that much. Uh There was just a lot of discourse, and I thought it went negative really quickly. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know, I didn't really do my homework. I will say that from the surface level knowledge I have, if Will Smith actually slapped him because he was mad about him talking about his wife, icon. It's true. Icon. If my husband isn't slapping other men for mentioning me in the slightest, rudest way... It's Goodbye. True. We're getting divorced. Chivalry is not dead. I need I need a man that will slap another man on live television for me. <laughs> At the most prestigious, like, yes. <laughs> like award ceremonies ever. By the way, I did do my homework on this because my special interest is the Oscars. I already have all my bets ready. 
2023. It's really, it's really cringe, actually. Uh, but my next thing, talking about really cringe, oh, my man. next moment was Adam Levine's DMs. And all I have to say is, holy effing F, that body of yours is insane. <laughs> I thought it was absurd. <laughs> that absurd. body of yours is absurd. Wait, is it absurd? Yeah, I think it is. That's too British. No, I thought it was absurd. <laughs> Really? I think it oh, is. No. Fact check us in the comments. Please do. <laughs> it's it's not even the fact that he cheated that makes this like one of my favorites. It's the cringy DMs that service from like he sounds like a Faisai brother. Mm. Like uh, brother Adam mm-hmm. is trying to pull women in his DMs. Uh, but he has no game whatsoever as the sexiest man alive. This this made me so mad because I was a huge Maroon 5 fan growing up. Like I grew up on it. My mom was a diehard fan. Yeah. Always loved you know, Adam Levine and his music. And I, when I saw that and I was like, oh my God, the illusion has been shattered. This man can't flirt. He can't flirt. That sucks. That sucks so bad. We cried. We cried. (laughs) My final um, Twitter team moment was Trisha Paytas with Malibu Barbie. Anything with Trisha Paytas becomes my favorite because I'm like obsessed with her campiness yet again. Mm. She's just like, I wouldn't say she's as iconic as Julia Fox campiness. But she has No, Trisha the, Paytas is getting old. It's true. Julia's the shiny new toy. It's true. Of camp. But honestly, like, I feel like finishing like finishing the Twitter team with this is just, like, it's so light because it's it actually was a... full circle moment. It's super cute. Like, I think their little family seems very happy. So, like, this was something to, like, make fun of that, like, wasn't so dark. Oh. It's full circling. Oh, the full because, circle. Because, you know, for a while we thought that maybe Trisha Paytas was going to give birth to a reincarnated Queen Elizabeth. That's true. That was a topic of discussion. The internet thought that. So honestly, I thought that's maybe where you were going with that. That was the best Twitter. That was the best Twitter moment when everyone you know thought that. And she decided, out of all the things that Trisha Paytas has done, she decided to like make that the hill that she died on, and was like, I would never, ever disrespect Queen Elizabeth. And this upset me so much. And it was just so weird because of all the awful things she's done. She drew the line at reincarnating line Queen Elizabeth's and not, baby. And, and not, like, disrespecting, a, like, a dead white woman. Yeah. She was like, yeah, this is it. This is it. <laughs> but, yeah, honestly, I've, I've followed her for, you know, quite some time. And it does seem like... How could like, you not? It does seem like she... Well, yeah, I was a huge... Uh, I, I listened to Frenemies religiously. Of course. And, yeah, it, I followed her for a while now. And it seems like maybe she's on... On and up. She's moment. on and up and up. So good. I'm happy she needs for her. that. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to do Best of Entertainment. Yet again, I'm going to let Miranda mm-hmm. take the start on this one. And she already took two of the things I was going to talk about when we were texting last night. Yeah. But it's fine. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah. So my first entertainment pick that I want to talk about is obviously Midnights by Taylor Swift. Yes. Not only for how amazing the album is, but just what what a cultural reset it was (laughs) midnight's the first time i listened through it i it wasn't what i was expecting Mm -hmm. so i don't know how i felt the first time but i think it was one of those where um on the third listen i was i started understanding all of the genius aspects of all those songs and i absolutely fell in love with it there is not in my mind i don't think there's a single skip on that album Really? Not one. And you know what? I will wow. defend Glitch with my life, so don't even bring that up. That's crazy. Don't bring that up. I do up. think the 3 a.m. edition made me, like, I don't know, feel better about mm-hmm. the album once I listened to that a couple more times and I was like, okay, I see what this album is. Yeah, it's the vision is there now. It yeah. kind of came through. I was We were expecting kind of like the folksy music that, um you know. 
Folklore and Evermore were. She's herself up. And it, but it's so good. Now that, and another thing I will say is that after my first listen and to now, my my favorites have changed completely. Oh, same. Um, like Maroon wasn't even really on my radar. It's one of my favorite. Really? Um, Paris is really up there. Oh, I love that. Mastermind is like, it's like just God tier for me. Mastermind has been my top since it came out. Yeah, it is the best song. Yeah. I transcended with my third eye on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. With Mastermind. Um, all that goes to say that I think that Midnight's is a fantastic album, and I cannot wait to see it live in oh, June. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then the next entertainment pick for me I don't watch a lot of movies, so this one, this was crazy. I, Me and my best friend saw Smile in theaters, and I know that everyone else is going to laugh. <laughs> Everyone's shaking their head because nobody thought it was scary, but let me tell you, I saw this in theaters. Scary. I couldn't look at my best friend the entire drive home because I was so scared she was going to smile at me. This movie was frightening. It was frightening. Yes, exactly that. It was it was horrifying. That's all I'll really say. I think. Do I think the plot was that great? Do I think the ending was good? No, no, not at all. Was I scared? And was is that the entire purpose of a scary the movie? First scene yeah, is scary for sure. All of it was scary. I was shaking in my boots. I re- like we were like clutching arms in there, and like we were we were we were horrified. It was a fun horror movie. It was fun. It was silly. It was really silly. And then talk about silly, silly. And this so this I wouldn't say is on my list because it's the best because it's actually not. It's just I thought it was such a moment for us. It's Don't true. worry, darling. Coming out was kind it was of every, more of a moment. It was a moment. Was it a good movie? Once again. No. So silly. I think I could have wrote a better plot than that. It was, <laughs> there were so many things that I was like, you could have done this. It's true. She could have done anything with mm-hmm. the plot of the movie. And she said, simulation. She said simulation. It was a dream. And it could it have been executed. Even if that's what she wanted to go for, it could have been executed so much better. But did I love seeing Harry Styles on my screen for two hours? Yeah. I saw it on extreme screen. I'm jealous of you. I know. He did his little flips <laughs> yeah. on the stage right in front of me in extreme screen. And you know what? There was something so, this is like a weird thing to bring up, but there's something so like satisfying about how that movie was shot. Like the, yeah. it's it's so pretty. Like it's so aesthetically pleasing. It is a pretty movie. I yeah. will say that. I think if it would have like any weight in the mm-hmm. film industry, it would be the cinematography. It, it and was beautiful. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh killed it. Every That's single all. time. That is all. That is all. <laughs> um, now for my picks, my first movie is going to be Nope. Um, I have not stopped thinking about this movie since I saw it. Jordan Peele's best work to date. So many different turns. Expanded the horror genre. Honestly, one of the, my favorite reviews I've ever written um, was from Nope. Uh, Kiki Palmer was fantastic. New Kalua was as great as ever. Peele's definitely like an innovator in the industry. I have so many th- good things to say about the direction, cinematography, writing, visual effects, everything. <laughs> uh, that's another thing on, on pop culture. Kiki Palmer's pregnant. Oh, my God. And she announced on SNL. That's so cute of her. That is cute of her. I love her. But, yeah, such a dense script, just as dense score like the rest of his movies. Nope was fantastic. Spring Awakening documentary is my next pick. It was those we've known. I had to put a musical on my list today because, duh. And I thought that this documentary was the perfect way to, like, tell the story of a musical that's, like, on the fringe of popular. Had Leah Michelle, so it already was, like, like pop culture enough um, I think like it's it, I think it kind of started her soar back into pop culture and like the story of Jonathan Groff 
seeing her vagina mm. um, in the middle of this documentary. Super, super fun. Kind of put it on a different level for me. This musical super edgy and angsty. This talk is everything. And then my final pick for entertainment is going to be Super Ache, which was Conan Gray's album this year. I think it's his best album. Elevated his songwriting, like, a lot. You know, he has incredible discography, but I think it created a sound that is, like, his with, like, acoustic and, like, rock influence. It made himself more of, like, a, like, more than a viral TikTok singer or songwriter or an online presence that, like, happened to sing and, like, kind of put him on the map of indie pop. So mm. I did want to say a couple things I'm still looking forward to for the rest of the year. Babylon, directed by Damien Chazelle. I'm super excited to see that. comes out the weekend of Christmas. And then I really want to see the bad reviews from the new Avatar movie. Perfect. I probably won't watch it. Amazing. Fantastic. And then we're finally getting into some best culture stories since that is one of my favorite things to talk about on this podcast. So Miranda is culture editor. <laughs> Great opinion on these. Cause it was so hard to choose what the best stories were this semester because we had such a wide variety of stories. Yeah. And everything from top to bottom was just so well written. There are some things that stick out to me, though. Um, I think one of my favorite stories that I read this semester was Hannah Worley's story about women in college who choose to be confidently single. That story was everything I envisioned it to be and more. She talked to three women who choose to be single and about their confidence and how you know, how they made that choice and how it affects their mental health and all the reasons why it's good for them to be single in a in an environment that really values hookup culture and, you know, just like putting yourself out there all of the time. It it really resonated with me as someone who has been single now for a year by choice is 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 comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. It was just it checked every box. Um because, you know, being single is thought of as being lonely, but it, it it's really, it was a really amazing depiction of what it actually is. So if you have not read that, I recommend you do. My next favorite story that I read this semester was one that was very recent, and it was, it was great. It was by um, our Miss Dipika, and it was about what Thanksgiving means to Indigenous students Um, at MSU, which is a land-grant university, and I think it offered a different perspective on a holiday that we all just, you know, we kind of go through the motions and celebrate it every year, but we don't really stop and think, well, what about people who are different than us and don't Mm -hmm. celebrate this holiday or celebrate it in the same way or anything like that, what what that actually looks like, and it was a really important story to tell. Yeah, absolutely. I I loved reading that story, especially with, you know, I, I have a special interest in, like, cultural, you know, politics and stuff like that. It was fantastic. She did a really great job, and the people she spoke to gave a lot of really good information. Mm -hmm. And if you want to learn more about MSU's legacy as a land-grant university and what land-grant actually means, I would really recommend you go read that. And my last was we each picked a story that we we wrote this semester, and mine would have to be um, a story I wrote about women who our weightlifters or bodybuilders. It was kind of more like a long-term passion project, I would say. I started talking to women who go to the gym regularly and, you know, aren't are kind of challenging the norm of what a woman should look like, whether that be becoming more muscular or being larger or taking up more space. And it was it was really great conversations that were had there. And it also kind of dove into 
how social media has grabbed a hold of weightlifting culture. It's all you see nowadays is just people lifting weights and getting big. And it it definitely um, introduced a different perspective of, you know, maybe what it looks like when you get too invested in weightlifting and health culture and what the dangers of that are. So yeah. I like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being a great editor this semester. But oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but one of the one of the stories that I really loved this semester was Alex Walter's divestment story. It's one of the best conversations I've ever read between a reporter and a source. Yeah. Even better story um, behind that conversation um, between Alex and Pat O'Keefe. And the story has only gotten crazier now that Pat has resigned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Sunrise community is doing more. Uh, protests and such and it was just another it was a story with insane quotes to pull from great investigative journalism into like money and the community as well as campus truly like a piece of journalism was like like national level like Alex's writing was like so succinct and you know comprehensible of like all the issues that need to be talked about with divestment and with money being put into the oil industry and like one of the most important culture stories I've seen. And let's talk about how this is one of the first stories he wrote. So That's exactly what I was going to say. I didn't really know what to expect from him and he came out with this hard-hitting, very thorough piece of investigative journalism and mm-hmm. just which it was it just showed us all what he was capable of and it reintroduced a conversation that kind of fell into the background. For sure, absolutely. And another one that I really loved was Dipika's AAVA and code switching story. And I have a huge, like, I love stories that are about communities just talking about the issues that are prevalent in, in their, like, life and society. And this was one of them. It was another moment where the sources were just the most important part of the story, which I love. It gave great information on how it feels to be, you know, culturally appropriated by social media culture. And I love media studies in general. It was the perfect long form story. And then uh, for myself, I really loved putting out my Indigenous Peoples Day March story. This is a story I've put on many resumes of mine because it's so important. And I think it, it shows empathy in the news media, which is, is, is just as important as hard-hitting news. And it gives other people, like, the reins to my own story. And so, I, I, you know, I wrote it through the emotional lens of them telling it rather than me. And while also writing, like, a strong story about, you know, like, resilience among problems from the institution and the administration. So it was so inspiring to see how many people came out to be a part of that um, march and and also support it. Um, But the quotes were the strongest I think I've ever had. And and if you need an inspiring RSO to follow, it's definitely NASA, which is the North American Indigenous Students Organization. I agree. And this was a really great story. I think I told you you when you wrote it that it was my favorite that I've ever read from you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So that's really it. We have the yik yak of the day. And that's. Oh, my. All right. So mine is God gives his sleepiest soldiers the earliest wake up times. So true. So true, bestie. Mine is I love seeing grown men holding their tall frappuccinos with whipped cream. (laughs) Because there's not one person on earth who can look serious or no. good or any anything while holding a frappuccino with whipped cream. Holding their morning milkshake. Their morning milk. Like They're, they look I, so silly. When like I forgot to, when I forget to say no whip, I literally I have taken the the dome lid off and like inverted it, like pushed it in. So that it flipped so that I don't have to walk around with a dome lid. Like, that to me is, like, one of the most embarrassing things that a person can do. That is such I don't an know intense, why. 
visceral response to whipped cream. Yeah, that Yik Yak really, really resonated with me. I'm really glad for you. But that's it for House Lights. Thank you so much for being on, Miranda. Thank you so much. And I will see you again next year. I'm so excited. See you yeah, in the new year. See you guys. Bye-bye.